Good morning. Would you do me a favor and take out your worship bulletin? We're going to go over a couple quick announcements. If you're joining us live, welcome. We're glad you're here with us and uh, looking forward to today. It's going to be a fun day. All right. First up, men's breakfast. This is not in your bulletin, so this should be something that you maybe write down. Men's breakfast is going to be Saturday at 8.30 here at the church. So Saturday, 8.30 here at the church. Uh, We want to invite all the men to come out to that. Um, Things that are in your bulletin, starting April 7th, which is the Wednesday after Easter, we're going to be doing the Chosen mini-series here at the church. We'll be watching that together. And if you cannot or do not want to come out to that, I'll tell you eventually how you can watch that from home too for free. But we have the DVDs, and we're looking forward to going through that eight weeks. That's really good. You know, sometimes Christian media or Christian movies aren't the best. This is really good, though. So uh, I invite you to come out to that. We're also looking, still looking for somebody to head up the prayer ministry. If God's leading you in that direction, please let me know. This is also the last week we're going to be collecting for Abigail's and Miriam's house. So um, if you meant to buy something and you just forgot, maybe you can slip some money in the offering. Just mark it Abigail. We'll go out and buy it for you and drop it off to those, to those ministries. Next Sunday is going to be Palm Sunday. I'm looking forward to that. And we are going to be having communion and also inviting some of our newest members to become a part uh, to get their official membership. So don't miss that. Of course, Easter is coming out. Who are you inviting? Right? Who are you inviting out to that? Uh, Invite your family. Invite your friends. Invite your neighbors to be a part of that and to come out and hear about about Easter. Uh, I think that is it. There will be an Easter egg hunt on, on Easter for the kids. And we're hoping we have a good amount that turn out for that. Um, if you want to donate some candy, you can bring that next Sunday and just drop it off. Make sure it fits in those little eggs. And we'll, we've got 300 and some eggs, I think, ready to go. And um, we'll, we'll fill them with that candy. So if you can be a part of that or help out with that, we would appreciate it. All right. I think that's it. Am I forgetting anything? Sunday school board. No Sunday school board meetings today. And I'll explain that here in a minute. But if you would, stand with me. Let's prepare our hearts uh, for worship, right? Let's remember why we're here. What, you know, why are we here? We're here to give honor and praise and glory to the King of kings, to the Lord of lords, right? And I'm, I'm going to pray that our focus would be turned to him and that he would speak to us, that the Holy Spirit would speak to us and challenge us with his word through the singing. We want to look more like him. We want to go out of here and represent Jesus Christ to this world, this dark world that doesn't know him. And we have awesome opportunities every day to do that, right? All right, let's pray. Father, we thank you for today. Lord, I'm grateful for everybody that's here, everybody that's tuning in, everybody that will watch later, Lord. I pray that you would just speak through everybody that's going to be up here and singing and talking and reading Uh, Lord, and especially through your word. Father, would you help it to sink deep into our hearts, to guide us, Lord, to be that light unto our path so that we would not trip and stumble and fall, Lord. Lord, we give you all praise and honor for we know what you did for us. We remember, Lord, we're getting ready to celebrate the empty tomb, Father, and what you did on the cross. Lord, we just give you all praise for you being willing to do that. Lord, even while we are still sinners, You loved us enough to do that. Lord, we praise you. 
We give you honor and all the glory. In your name we pray, Jesus. Amen. Yeah.
days I've been held in your hands From the moment that I wake up Until I lay my head I will see of the goodness of God I love you Lord Oh your mercy never fails me All my days I've been held in your hands From the moment that I wake up Until I lay my head I will see of the goodness of God. All my life you have been faithful. All my life you have been so, so good. With every breath that I am made, I will see of the goodness of God. You have led me through the fire in darkest night. You are close like no other. I've known you as a father. I've known you as a friend, and I have lived in the goodness of God. All my life you have been faithful, all my life you have been so, so the goodness of God. Your goodness is running after, it's running after me. Your goodness is running after, it's running after me. With my life laid down, I surrender now. I give you
scripture reading is going to be from the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 25, verses 14 through 30. Matthew 25, 13 through 30. For the kingdom of heaven is like a man traveling to a far country, who called his own servants and delivered his goods to them. And to one he gave five talents, to another two, and to another one to each according to his own ability, and immediately he went on a journey. Then he, who had received the five talents, went and traded with them and made another five talents. And likewise, he who had received two gained two more also. But he who had received one went and dug in the ground and hid his Lord's money. After a long time, the Lord of those servants came and settled accounts with them. So he who had received five talents came and brought five other talents, saying, Lord, you delivered to me five talents. Look, I have gained five more talents besides them. His Lord said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You were faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of your Lord. He also, who had received two talents, came and said, Lord, You delivered to me two talents. Look, I have gained two more talents besides them. His Lord said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of your Lord. Then he who had received the one talent came and said, Lord, I I knew you to be a hard man, reaping where you have not sown, and gathering where you have not scattered seed. And I was afraid, and went and hid your talent in the ground. Look, there you have what is yours. But his Lord answered and said to him, You wicked and lazy servant, you knew that I reap where I have not sown, and gather where I have not scattered seed. So you ought to have deposited my money with the bankers, and at my coming I would have received back my own with interest. So take the talent from him and give it to him who has ten talents. For to everyone who has, more will be given, and he will have abundance. But from him who does not have, even what he has will be taken away. And cast the unprofitable servant into the outer darkness. There will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Before we get into the sermon, I, I want to um, talk about something because I know we're getting to the point where we're asking lots of people to do lots of stuff and, and build the kingdom, and it's an exciting time, right? There's nothing better than having a cup full of stuff, right? And when you build the kingdom, it's like you kind of sprinkle it on somebody. You know, you're, you're doing this, pouring it out on some people. Maybe you're a parent, right? And you're pouring it out on your kids. Maybe you're a spouse. You, you have a spouse and you pour it on your spouse, and you love on them, and you give them praise, and you help them out. Or maybe you're just doing a ministry, and you're pouring out, you know, and everything like that. And usually what happens when you do that, right? You pour it out, and then you go to your spouse, and you wait for them to pour back into it, or to give you a compliment. Thank you. I really appreciate that for what you did, right? But what happens with your spouse? Oftentimes, man, they don't even notice it, right? Here you are busting your butt, doing all these things for your kids, 
doing all these things for your spouse, doing all these things for the church. And pretty soon, man, your, your cup is just empty and you're, you're begging. You, you need it to get filled back up to keep going, right? But those people that you're serving, that you're helping, they're not complimenting you. They're not praising you. They're not pouring back into your cup, all right? If that's you, can I challenge you to reorientate your cup to this way, to upwards, and let God fill your cup? Do it for him, right? Man, man, I tell you what, I've done it this way and got burned out. Done it, got burned out. And when I reorientate my cup and I realize who I'm really serving my wife for, who I'm really serving my kids for, who I'm really doing ministry for, and he pours into that cup, man, that's where it's at, right? Let the God of the universe fill your cup, and you'll be sprinkling it all over everywhere to everybody else. In fact, let me read a passage for you. This, this passage, man, I love this passage. It's found in Ephesians 3, 14. You don't have to turn there, but you can write it down. Ephesians 4, 3, 14. This is, this is Paul's prayer for the church at Ephesus, right? And check out this prayer. For this reason I kneel before the Father, from whom his whole family in heaven, that's us, right? And on earth derives its name, that's us. I pray that out of his glorious riches he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being, right? So that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all the saints to grasp how wide and long and how high and deep is the love of Christ. And to know that this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Amen? All the fullness of God. I don't know who that's for. Maybe it's a spouse. Maybe it's a mom. Maybe it's a dad. Maybe it's just somebody working in the church. But your, cup, your cup's empty right now. Let him fill you. All right? Let him fill you. Don't, don't depend on any person. I will never fill my wife's cup like God can. Amen. Right? You didn't have to amen it that hard. All right? All right. All right, Matthew 25, 14 through 30. <laughs> Matthew 25, 14 through 30. Okay, we're talking money. We're talking money today. I hate talking money, to be honest with you, because what does the church always get portrayed as? We just want people's money, right? So I, I, all right, I hate talking money, but it's the Word of God. So I don't mind talking the Word of God, speaking truths, and I'm hoping that he challenges me. I'm hoping that he challenges you. All right, so let's get, let God speak to us through his word. Now, let's make this a guilt-free zone, but let's let God convict us. All right, let's not compare ourselves to anybody around us or to anybody else or to what your ideas are. Let's let the Holy Spirit speak to us through his word. All right, that's my proposal to you. Let's let the Holy Spirit speak to us. All right. All right. So um, I don't know about you, but I've got, like I said, work to do. Uh, people often tell me that, hey, man, what you were preaching out, man, it spoke to me right where I was at. And, and that's always a cool thing. And usually what I tell them is what I'm preaching to you, 
is what God's preaching to me, what, what I'm dealing with and continue to deal with. So if you've ever thought that we're in the same boat with whatever we're dealing with, that's usually what I preach about. What, what is God speaking to me, talking to me about? So um, please don't take this as me preaching at you, right? But let's let the Holy Word, the Holy Word of God speak to all of us, right? All right. Uh, for a little context, Matthew 24 and 25 deal with end times. Deal with end times. We are told that no one knows when Jesus will come back except for God the Father. That speaks to the Trinity, three equal persons, Mikey. All right. So nobody knows when, when Jesus is coming back except for God the Father. All right, but we are told to keep watch. In Matthew 25, 1, Jesus gives the parable of the ten, bridesmen, ten bridesmaids. And he points out that this parable is really teaching us how to live until Jesus returns. All right? Then he goes to the parable of the talents. And then he finishes up with the sheep and the goats. We're just going to look at the parable of the talents, though. Also known as the parable of the loaned money. Now, a talent was a measurement of money back then. When we think of the word talent, we think of America's Got Talent. We think of, you know, maybe I, these gifts that I'm good at and everything like that. But back then, a talent referred to money. A talent was 75 pounds worth of precious metal. I wish I could have got a kettlebell that was 75 pounds. I probably couldn't have lifted it to bring it up here, though. But... One of these days I'm going to get one of those just so I have a uh, sermon illustration. But they were, they were round, maybe loaf-shaped or round. They would have a handle, so, like a kettlebell, so that you could carry them around. And they were made of silver or gold. All right? Precious metal. And you would, you would take them around with you, and you could pay for stuff with them. You would shave off a little gold to pay for something. That's how they were used, maybe when you were trading stuff and everything like that. If you didn't have the other, you know, these were for bigger purchases, right? Uh, and as we read, one poor guy had five of them, right? Was given five of them, 375 pounds of, of gold or silver. That must have been a horrible walk home with five talents. At the same time, can you, can you imagine being given five talents or just one talent, 75 pounds of silver or gold? We're talking about anywhere from 400000 to over a million dollars. I mean, we're talking about a big sum of money. Uh, and can we just have fun for a second? All right. We're all thinking stimulus checks right now, right? Maybe. All right. Can you imagine getting a stimulus check in the form of a talent? One talent, $400,000 to $1 million, what would you do with all that money? I'm going to buy either, I'm going to buy a new vehicle. It's going to be either Tesla, one of those new Corvettes, or a truck, right? Those are, those are the, three things, the three things that I'm, I'm looking at. Adobe gets the next vehicle that we purchase. I'm trying to talk her into buying one of those. Probably not the Corvette. That's not really practical. But like a Tesla or a truck, Adobe, you know, I'm, I'm hoping she goes that direction. All right. Might have to get another job, but trucks are expensive. Holy smokes. Yeah. All right. Uh, but to give you a better idea, too, of what a talent was, a talent was said to equal around 20 years worth of work, of payment for work, for wages. All right. I have a little over 20 years in at the city of Willard, and getting all of those wages at once for 20 years would be a nice 
chunk of money. So that's what we're talking about. Back to verse 14. It starts off and says again. As soon as you see the word again, you know it's referring to back was preached or talked about right before that passage. And we said that was the passage of the bridesmaids. And that was teaching us how that we should live waiting on Jesus's return. So he says again, meaning that this is going to speak along those same lines. Then he says it. Again, it. Well, what is it referring to? If you go back to Matthew 25, 1, it says, at that time, the kingdom of heaven will be like. So it is referring to the kingdom of heaven. So again, it, the kingdom of heaven will be like a man going on a journey who called his servants and entrusted his wealth to them. So right away, we know the master is going on a journey. This would not be an unusual scenario in those days. A wealthy landowner would need to leave on business trips and often would leave and, and, and his servants would not know when the master would be returning. There's no cell phones to keep into constant contact. Travel was sketchy. So you would not know when the master would be returning. Now, the, this, the owner gathers his servants together before he leaves and we read in verse 15, to one he gave five talents of money, to another two talents, and to another one talent, each according to his ability. Then he went on his journey. Notice what happens when the master hands out his wealth, right? Large sums of money. The workers are to take care of it, of his money, while he's gone. Now, when we read this parable, especially with our Western culture, especially with um, all the talk of equality today and making everything equal, this might cause us some concern because one person gets five talents, one person gets two talents, and then one person only gets one talent. To some of us, it may not seem fair. Right? Why does one person get one and why, why does one person get five? But here's a, a takeaway that we need to learn from this passage. Right? The point is not about how much you have. The point and what it's really about is what you do with what you have. With what God entrusts to you. We want to put the emphasis on how much. Right? How much. How does this compare to what other people have but if we do that, we totally miss this message here. After all, how is the money distributed? The amount that is given is based on what? Each person's ability, right? That's a key part that we can't miss. And if you think about it, that is fair when you consider what we're about to learn here in a minute. Verse 16, the man who had received five talents went at once and put his money to work and gained five more. So also the one with two talents gained two more. But the man who had received one talent went off, dug a hole in the ground, and hid his master's money. After a long time, the master of those servants returned and settled accounts with them. Now, I don't know if you've ever had a, a direct boss, but I had a boss. Now I work for like seven people at the church and seven people at the city at council. I don't really have a direct boss. I have like 14 bosses. But I used to work for a city manager, and that city manager was a little little rough, very direct, um, good guy, but very demanding and everything like that. And I would never, never schedule my vacation when that person was off because that would be a waste of a vacation. You don't take a vacation when your boss is off already, all right? 
Um, I wasn't goofing around. I wasn't not doing my job for the most part, you know. But uh, the stress level was just taken down quite a few degrees. And it was just, it was almost like a little party when that person was gone. And it was just, everything was calmer, everything was nicer. Just, you could breathe easier and everything like that. The problem was that sometimes my last boss would show up on his days off, all right? Sometimes he would be supposed to be off for a week and he'd come in on Friday. Like if you're a boss and you're off on your week and you come in on a Friday, that's just mean. That's just cruel to come back on a Friday, right? That just like ruins your whole Friday. That's the best day of the week, right? And he would come back and the problem was I was not prepared for him to come back. And he would come in and talk to me, hey, where are we at with this? Where are we at with that? Um, let, me, let me get uh, reorientated and my mind's going kind of... It was just kind of a difficult, difficult time. So I can picture these servants. They're probably watching and waiting pretty good, but after time, they probably started to get a little bit lax. And as soon as the owner came back, though, right, there's two different feelings, two different responses that I'm sure they had, right? I'm a, I'm, I'm pretty certain that two were excited and one was a little bit worried. The reason for the difference was based on the answer to one question. Are you ready for the owner's return? And that's something that's a very good question for us to think about and to ponder on right now. Are we ready for Jesus' return? Are we ready if Jesus would come back right now? Or are there are some things that you'd want to take care of, some things that you'd want to do. Are you ready? Verse 20, the man who had received five talents brought the other five. Master, he said, you entrusted me with five talents. See, I've gained five more. His master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. The man with two talents also came. Master, he said, you entrusted me with two talents. See, I've gained two more. His master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful for with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. Now, here's something very important that we can't miss. And this goes back to that issue of fairness that we were just talking about a little bit before. Both of these servants, did you notice? Both of these servants had the very same things said to them. The very same praise, the very same reward that was given to them. One earned five, though. Five more. One only earned two more. Right? But they both received the same praise. Well done, good and faithful servants. The reason that they both received the, the same praise, the same acknowledgement wasn't because of how much, right? It was because of how faithful they were with what was entrusted to them. That's a big key for us. Some of us are entrusted with a lot. Some of us are entrusted with a little. And the good thing is we don't have to compare ourselves with what the other person's giving, just what we're entrusted with, all right? That wouldn't be fair if we had to compete with somebody else for, for giving, Right? Do you remember when that poor widow puts in two mites? Two mites, two very small coins that did not mean anything. And Jesus sees her. He sees her and she says she's given more than anybody else. Right? Here were people putting in bags of, bags of money. And Jesus saw how 
faithful she was with it. The other gave out of their abundance. She gave all that she had. God looks at what we start with, what we have, and bases everything off of how faithful we are with what's entrusted to us. Verse 24, the man who had received one talent came. Master, he said, I knew that you are a hard man, harvesting where you had not sown and gathering where you had not scattered seed. What is the guy doing right here? All right. Immediately, before he even tells the master or shows the master, he starts making excuses. He's transferring the blame to the master. Look, if you weren't such a hard man or didn't have such unrealistic expectations, or if you had been more fair up front and if you had given me five talents or two talents instead of just one talent, I would have been able to do something. This is what we all do. Lord, I don't have enough, right? If I had a couple million dollars, then the things that I could do for the kingdom of God, then I could really bless the kingdom of God. Then I could really be a part of building the kingdom of God. But since I don't, I can't do anything. Blaming God, blaming others is the default when it comes to managing our resources. At times, I will start to feel convicted that maybe I could do a better job with my resources. And what do I do? I justify what I'm doing. I rationalize what I'm doing. I twist and blame other things and situations, and I compare myself to other people. Those excuses don't work with God because it's not based on how much. But instead, how responsible are you? Verse 25, So I was afraid and went out and hid your talent in the ground. See, here's what belongs to you. Now, now wait a minute, right? This is, actually isn't too bad. He didn't waste the talent. He just saved it for him, and he gives it back to his master. He didn't steal it. He didn't cheat it, waste any, right? That's not a bad thing. And yet, the master is furious. His master replied, You wicked, lazy servant. You knew that I harvest where I have not and sown and gather where I have not scattered seed. Well, then you should have put my money on deposit with the bankers so that when I returned, I would have received it back with interest. So take the talent from him and give it to the one who has ten talents. For whoever has will be given more. For whoever maybe has been responsible will be given more. Whoever has made the most out of the opportunities will be given more. And they will have an abundance Whoever does not have, even what they have will be taken from them. And throw that worthless servant outside into the darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Yeah. Wow. Ouch. Right? Pretty severe. Right? The weeping and the gnashing of teeth. You read this. This is a a reference to deep, deep regret. Gnashing teeth is like our, our body's physical reaction to that. When you look back on the opportunities that you missed, when they're really severe, sometimes that can be your natural reaction, a natural response to just grind our teeth together. Jesus says that's how it will be for those that aren't ready, those that aren't faithful for what has been entrusted to them when the Master returns. So, Here's a couple things that I want us to be challenged with. Three things, all right? 
Number one, God has generously entrusted us with His resources. Let's be grateful. Verse 14, again, it, it, the kingdom of heaven, will be like a man going on a journey who called his servants and entrusted his wealth to them. There's a very important word in that passage that we can't miss. All right, did you catch it? Very important word. One word, underline it. And it's the word his. And entrusted his wealth to them. Who does the money and the resources belong to? God, right? For most of us, we make the money. So it's our money, right? That's, that's how I tend to think. It's my money. I made it. I worked for it, right? But some people get that really all the resources belong to God. Psalm 24, 1-2 says, The earth is the Lord's. The earth is the Lord's and everything in it. The world and all its people belong to Him. So the resources are from God. And here's another big truth. They aren't given to us. Right? If they were given to us, then we could just do whatever we want with them. But that's not what it says, right? It says that they are entrusted to us. Entrusted. In other words, on loan to us. And the master is going to settle accounts when he comes back. Can I be honest with you? I struggle with this. I struggle with this. Eddie and I give faithfully with the portion that's entrusted to us. I think we do a pretty good job. But I still like to think of the rest as my own. Especially my man envelope that I have hidden in a safe. All right? That's my money. That's my money. Right? No, I get to spend that how I want. That's my money. Right? That's my man money. No. It's really God's. It's still His. Everything in the earth belongs to Him. That's usually when the fight happens, when God says, hey, why don't you use your man money to give to this charity or to that charity? I need to learn the idea of ownership. Whose money is it? And not just money, anything we buy with this money, right? They're really His resources. My car my house, my Xbox, they're really not mine, but instead things that are entrusted to me, on loan to me. Think about your house, right? If it's your home, then you can do what you want with it. doesn't matter. But if it's on loan from God, though, maybe you've got a room that you can share with a single mother that's down on her luck and needs a place to stay, Right? Maybe you have some opportunities to build the kingdom. Maybe you see somebody that doesn't have a vehicle and you let them borrow your vehicle for a month. Maybe you give it to them because it's not yours, right? The idea of ownership is huge for us and it's a challenge, right? It's a challenge. At least it is for me. But here's what I can testify to. Every time that the Holy Spirit has said give, and I've given, I've never once regretted it. Never once. And I say that with complete honesty. I've never said, man, I wish I wouldn't have given that. 
And I can tell you there have been some really tough times to give where I did not have the money to give, but the Holy Spirit led me in that direction, and that's what I did. There was a season where I had to go without a cell phone, without TV for almost two years because I didn't have enough money to pay for that and to continue on with what I had pledged to God, with what I had promised to God. And I can look back and I can say that it was one of the best seasons of my life best seasons of my life because I got to see God's hand provide for me. He became real. I knew I could trust him. On the opposite side of that, I have been selfish quite a few times. I remember one time a couple years ago I met a young lady and she was talking about how she was going to be evicted from her house. And she told me how much money she had needed for that. And wouldn't you know, that was how much I had in my man money. And I did not give that away. Because it was mine. Man, that is a deep gnashing of the teeth regret that I have. Every time that I have not followed the Holy Spirit's leading, God forgive me. I regret those times. I told you, I don't want to talk to you about money because I know what people think. Man, I used to love being able to come up here and preach about stuff like this because I wasn't really getting paid by the church and so I could be like, you're not paying me to do this, you know? But now I am getting paid by the church. I don't want your money. The church doesn't want your money I want you to be free from the bondage of money, though. I want to be free from the bondage of money. The issue of ownership can help us if we, if we get it. My question to you is who owns it? Money, resources. We're not just talking about money and resources, too, right? What about time? What about your, your talents, your abilities? What about your skills? I don't know about you, but when I accepted Jesus as Savior, I accepted Jesus as Lord. Is He the Lord of your life? Does He own it all? Does He own you? Are you a servant to Him? Because when I read the Bible, that's how they all referred to themselves. All the disciples, the Apostle Paul, referred to themselves as His servants. Second truth that I want us to get is that God will hold you and me accountable for his resources. I believe Judgment Day, this is, this is James, not scriptural, so don't take it as scriptural, right? I believe Judgment Day will kind of be consist of two questions. The first one, what did you do with Jesus? Did you accept him? Did you follow him? Or did you reject him? The second question I, I believe will be, what did you do with what was entrusted to you? And that goes far beyond money, right? We're entrusted with the gospel. We're entrusted with a message of reconciliation. What did you do with that? You have talents and skills. If you're a follower of Jesus Christ, you have spiritual gifts that the church desperately needs. What about your relationships you're entrusted maybe with a spouse. Maybe you're entrusted with singleness. 
Maybe you're entrusted with kids. Maybe you have neighbors and coworkers. All these people are entrusted to you. How are we doing with all of that? Your testimony. One day God will say, what did you do with the testimony I gave you? Did you share it? Some people won't. Some people won't share the good news, but it's been entrusted to you. What about your time? The T word, time, that's huge today, right? I'm not trying to heap guilt here. I know I want to hear God say, well done, good and faithful servant. I don't want God to describe me as wicked and lazy. He, he refers to the guy as worthless. Worthless. That's what that one talent person in this story was. Why? Because he buried the talent. He buried it. He hid it. He didn't use it to build the kingdom. It, might, it may not seem bad burying the talent like I said before. Let me try to give you a different perspective. Do you know how many people give me money in the church? Two weeks ago, somebody gave me 100 bucks cash. Here, give this towards Abigail. I want this to go towards that. You know how many times people have given me money for the teens? Here, God's just laying this on my heart. Uh, if you know a teen in need, if you know a person in need, would you just give it to him? Would you just pass it on to him? I get those things all the time, right? That kind of scares me. Just put it in the plate, all right? Don't, don't give it to me. Just put it in the plate, all right? But what would happen if I just kept that? Even if I didn't spend it, what would happen if I just kept that and it didn't go for what it was supposed to do, to go for? Man, you wicked and lazy, worthless servant. Be careful, right? Hmm. God entrusts us with things to build the kingdom. And God forbid we cannot bury them. God entrusts you with a spiritual gift, right? And God forbid you bury that. God puts passions on your heart. God puts things inside that you hate. Maybe things like human trafficking. Go after that. Fight that. Right? Don't hide, your, don't hide your passions. Don't hide your talents. Don't do that. God's given you those things for a reason. The guy buried his talent in the ground and he didn't do anything. He didn't do anything with what was entrusted to him. And immediately I'm praying, oh Lord, don't let that be me. Change my heart. Man, I am a selfish person. I've got my man money and I want to keep it. What possibly could I buy that would make a difference in eternity? What possibly could I buy that's not going to rust and turn to dust? How many times am I focusing on building my kingdom? instead of building the kingdom of God's. One of the questions I get the most is about the tithe. Is the tithe what I should do today, right? Tithe is giving the first 10% of what you make to the church. It's an Old, Old Testament concept for the Jewish people. Does it apply today? It's the wrong question. It's the wrong question. I think tithing is good, but don't limit yourself 
to that. Let's develop the idea that everything belongs to Him. And whatever He calls us to do or to give, we do that. Right? Let's not try and figure out how little we have to give to God. Let's instead follow His leading. The first church in Acts had people giving well past the tithe. Some people gave all that they had. Uh, we, are a, we are a denomination that owns, owes a lot of our theology to a man named John Wesley. Pretty good guy. He made a lot of money. But he determined to live off of a fraction of that, a modest income, and he gave the rest of it away. There, there are reverse tithers out there. A tithe would have limited John Wesley, would have limited those other people. There are people out there that get the ownership idea. They get the idea that they can't take it with them, that they're here to continue the work of Christ, and they see money and resources as things that God entrusts to him. One day, every one of us in here will be held accountable for what was entrusted to us. And I think the more that we have, the more we will be accountable. We'll be accountable to help the widow, to help the single mothers, to help those people who don't have money, right, who are struggling financially. We'll be held accountable that we did not help them. We can't be that way, right? Number three, third takeaway, last one. Don't be afraid. If you're like me, you hear messages like this and you agree to what's being said, you know it's true, God convicts you, you know some things need to maybe change, maybe you need to sacrifice something, but you go out of here and you don't change anything. Maybe it's because you're scared. That was the issue with this one talent guy, right? He says, I was afraid, and I went out and hid it. Don't let fear stop you. If the Holy Spirit is leading you to something, grab onto that and do it and trust Him to provide. Whatever God calls you to do, and I'm not just talking money, right? Maybe it's serving in a certain way. Maybe it's helping somebody clean up their yard. I don't know what it is. Maybe it's speaking to someone. Do not let fear get in the way and prevent you from doing that. When the Spirit leads you, follow it. Follow through with that. Can that be a challenge for us? Right? Whatever needs to change, whatever needs to be done, whatever God is calling you to do, do it. Follow through with it. My friends, what kingdom are you investing in? Is it all about your kingdom? Or is it about the kingdom of God? There's one that's eternal. There's only one that's eternal. I've spent way too much time investing in my kingdom. And it's worthless. I want to get to the place where I'm thinking about investing in his kingdom and it gets me excited. More excited than investing in my kingdom. Man, that Tesla, that Corvette, that truck, ooh, that'd get me excited, right? For, for probably like a month. 
And then I'd be bored with it. And then I'd want some other car. I'm not there. I'm not there where investing in the kingdom gets me more excited than investing in my own kingdom. But I want to get there. And I, and I don't get it, to be honest with you, because I know the times that I have invested in the kingdom of God, those have brought me the most joy. The times that I've invested in my kingdom, they just, they're temporarily, temporarily happiness. When I invest in his, it usually is something I look back on and I'm glad I did it. Here's the challenges, all right? Can I challenge you, if you don't support this church regularly, to support it. If this is your church. If you say the Willard Church of the Nazarene is my church, then support it regularly. How much? Whatever the Holy Spirit speaks to you. Maybe it's 1%. Maybe it's 2%. Maybe it's 20%. I don't know. The Holy Spirit will lead you. Pray and talk to God about that and follow through with it. Pray and ask, God, what do you want me to give. Maybe it's a dollar. Maybe it's 50 cents, right? It's not equal money. It's equal sacrifice. Some of you don't have a lot to give, right? Some of you have a lot to give. Let's all be equal. Let's all be faithful with whatever amount is entrusted to us. Hey, there's a great opportunity coming. Maybe it's already hit your, hit your bank, right, with the stimulus check. Great opportunity to start and give off of that. We weren't even planning on it, right? We don't need it, to be honest with you. Wouldn't that be a great opportunity? Maybe you're in the same boat to give towards it. Maybe, maybe you want to tithe on it. Maybe you want to give 2% on it. Maybe you want to give it all. Maybe you want to give 50%. Whatever the Holy Spirit leads you to, would you just pray about that? Maybe some of you are down and out, Right? And maybe you're going to use that as a nest egg, as an emergency, emergency fund. Please do that, right? Please do that. But pray about it and see the direction that, that God leads you to. If you're going to grumble about it, don't give. Seriously, just keep it, all right? I, we don't want to be a stumbling block to you. If, you're, if your spouse is not a follower of Christ and you cannot come to an agreement, we don't want to wreck your marriage over it. All right? Keep it. Okay? If you're going to give, make sure you're on the same page with your spouse. With that. Pray about it with them. Let's, let's also not limit this to money. Right? What has God entrusted to you? Let's be praying about that. Thinking about that. What has God loaned to you your house your time your car your talents your gift your testimony don't stick it in the ground and and hide it use it to build the kingdom all right i am praying that i get a better kingdom perspective and i hope you join with me on that our kingdom is going to rust his kingdom is eternal I'm praying, Lord, would you give me opportunities, right, to bless someone, to serve someone with my time, with my spiritual gifts, with my testimony. And I pray that you join me in 
on that prayer. Amen? All right. Andy, Lanny, can you guys help me out? Here's to the fun part. All right. Well, I think it's going to be the fun part. This is, this is the part that where we give you guys money. All right. So if you guys would come up with me. Um, if you do, does anybody not have a talent sheet and need one of these? Okay. Everybody's got one. All right. What I want you to do when this box comes around to you, everybody in here, I want you to reach in there, grab one at random. All right. And you're going to take this out and you're going to see. All right. There, so mine has $20 in it. There's either a $10 bill in here, a $20 bill, or a $50 bill in here. All right, so I'm a two-talent person, I guess, with $20. All right, that is money that the church is entrusting to you. All right, kind of like in this story where the master gives his servants this money and, asks, and entrusts his wealth to them. We're entrusting you. Hey, this is $2,000. This is a leap of faith for the church. All right, this is a leap of faith for the church board. This is a leap of faith for Dawn, our treasurer, all right, especially. We're not super good on our giving right now, all right, but here's the thing. I want our church to be focused on ministry. And that's what we're hoping that we're going to do with this money. I'm going to ask you to try and double this. All right, and then turn it back in. So I told you there was a catch, right, when we're giving you this money. I'll explain it and give you some ideas on how you can do this. But none of this money, we've committed this money for ministry. And, I'm, and, and my big thing is, man, I want to partner with people like Abigail. I want to partner with people like Gideon's International. I want to partner with those, those different groups. But I know that if, I, if the church partners with all of us first, that we can even give them more to these organizations. So all the money that we raise from this will not stay in the church. It will go for ministry. We will not do carpet with it. We will not uh, pave our parking lot with it or anything like that. This is all going to go towards ministry. So what ministries are we talking about? On this sheet that you have is a list of ministries. You get to pick which ministry you want to raise money for and give towards. All right? So um, we've got alabaster. Alabaster is a thing that the Church of the Nazarene does where 100% of the money that we give towards alabaster goes to build churches, hospitals, places like that around the world, missionary homes here in the U.S. and all over the world. We start churches all over the world, right? So if you want to give towards that, do that. Uh, we want to raise money for Bibles, Bibles that we give away, right, to give, do ministry, Gideon's International, we're going to split that up. So if you, if you do Bibles or Gideon's International, you tell us what you want it to go for. Benevolence Fund, Starting Point. I don't know how many of you know about Starting Point, but Starting Point is an organization in this town where people go to when they need help. We want to partner with them. We want to help them out. We want to support them. So if somebody needs money for rent or something like that, we have our own fund that we use, but we also turn them on to Starting Point because Starting Point can help connect them to other governmental organizations where they can get help with like heap and and different things like that awesome awesome group abigail you know abigail miriam house we talked about them house of hope all right we have a town in 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 willard where men can go it's a sober living house they can stay at and they can get try to get freed from this bondage that is controlling their life church van 
All right? We need a church van. Man, there was a time where we, we had 100 kids on a Wednesday night, and we were picking up a ton of them. All right? I remember driving one time, and, and I had a chain reaction of vomiting in that. <laughs> but I tell you what, the van is so important. All right? Oh, yeah. Had to hose that thing out. All right? But that van is so important. There are people who cannot make it to church. And it's not good for us to go out and pick up kids in our own cars because it, it creates a weird liability. If I go pick up a, a young boy or something like that, there's some things. We want to have a church van that can go do that. So, um, and the last one is Operation Heal Our Patriot. We talked about that before. You know, th- these, these things that are, are men and women who serve in the military, the things that they have to deal with, especially if they're injured and they come back home and have to reintegrate with their family, right? It's tough. Operation Heal Our Patriot helps them out. So you got a different charity not on here. You can raise that money for that charity. The only thing I would ask you, make sure it's biblically based, okay? Make sure it puts the focus in on, on Christ and everything like that and, and comes alongside it. So those are charities. Now, how do you make money with your money? That's up to you different things. I've got ideas because I started freaking out when I was trying to think of how ideas to make money. Let me give you some. All right. I know somebody that is a really good pizza maker. I just thought of this. Like seriously, phenomenal pizza. He could use that money. Maybe his whole family combines that money, goes out, buys ingredients to make the pizzas, and then goes online and says, hey, I'm going to be making, uh, I'm doing this charity thing for Abigail Pregnancy Services. If you want, you can buy a pizza for 10 bucks and I will deliver it to you or you can come pick it up or something like that. And maybe he turns 10 bucks into 20 bucks, right? So he uses the money for the ingredients. He makes the pizzas, goes online. It brings notoriety. It gives, uh, you know, lets people know about Abigail. One thing that helps them out. And also it raises money in it. Uh, there's other things that you can do. Maybe you're a baker. Maybe you're good at baking cupcakes, Lydia, or or food. Maybe you can do a similar thing with a bake sale, all right? Maybe you're good at card making. Don, you make cards, right? Maybe you can grab a group of ladies in here and say, hey, let's invest in some plies, let's make some cards, and then, then offer them for sale. Man, you can get five bucks for a card nowadays. That's crazy how much cards are. I wouldn't recommend spending five bucks, but uh, we used to do a sub fundraising. Maybe teens. Maybe teens, you want to go together and say, hey, we're going we're gonna to buy stuff to make subs and then on this game day, we're going to sell them to people like we used to do in the past. Maybe you want to grab some adults to help you out with that. All right. Uh, can I mow your lawn? Maybe buy gas for a lawnmower and, and offer to mow people's lawns for a donation towards whatever charity you want to do. Maybe you can design T-shirts. Maybe you can have a garage sale. You use the money for an advertisement and then bring in stuff. Maybe you get together with some other people and do some kind of garage sale. Maybe you buy a baby bottle and you stick it out at your work and say, hey, I'm collecting um, coins for Abigail's pregnancy services. And you just stick it out there. Uh, maybe you can babysit. Maybe you use the money to buy snacks for the kids while they're at your house and you babysit. Maybe you can do something with video games. I don't know. Maybe you can stream a live gaming session and use the money for food to do that 24-hour live gaming session or 8-hour live gaming session and you can take donations in there. Maybe you can make a recipe book. Maybe you could do something with bowling, setting up a bowling tournament. I don't know. What are your passions? What are your talents that, that God gave you that you can use for this? I don't know what that is. All right. But there's the challenge. You got two months. Try to do this in two months. All right. What you'll do, 
All right, you all have an envelope. <clears throat> so on that envelope, you're going to put starting money. That's the amount that you started with. You put, I would put $20 here. I'm going to try and I'm going to try and double that, triple that, quadruple that. I don't know. I'm just going to try to do what I can or what God leads me to. And then within two months, turn it back in sometime, all right, and put the money that you turned in. Put what charity you want to go towards. What charity are you doing this for? Maybe you want to do it for two charities and split it. Whatever you want to do there. You can put your name on there or you can keep this anonymous. That's up to you. All right. Only include your talents, money in this. Don't put your tithe or your offering or your that stimulus check money that you want to give or anything like that. Um, this is just the talents challenge money. Use the other envelope for that other stuff. And, and hey, if you have a testimony through this, would you include that as well? All right? All right, so you all have an envelope. You all have the challenge. If you don't want to participate, just stick it back in the, stick it back in the offering plate. Okay, so a little over a year ago, uh, we had a situation here at the church that needed to be taken care of um, and I, I was saving money for a p- particular item and uh, so what what ended up happening I didn't buy the item I had uh, given the money for the item that needed to be taken care of here at the church you know n- never gave it any, any more thought after that you know and then um, I, I think uh what did I tell you about? About a month or so ago, uh, at work, they gave us each a check uh, for working through COVID pandemic, and, and that the amount of that check was exactly what I had gave for this item. But now, I, I didn't do this item, or I, I didn't give this item just a, uh, um, you know, to be self-serving or anything like that. It's something that, you know, the Lord had, you know, pretty much told me that, you know, we needed needed to take care of this, and, you know, and so the money that I was saving to buy this particular item that I wanted, um, I gave to the church for what needed to be done here, and then, you know, a year later, I was reimbursed, or I guess that's how you want to say it, or, or uh, blessed, you know, with um, the amount that I gave, you know, so... That's a short of it. Yeah, amen. That's God. You cannot outgive God. You can't. Um, I'm not a health and wealth preacher. I don't like the health and wealth gospel. It's a lie. You know that if you're a Christian, you're just going to be healthy and wealthy and, and everything like that if you just have enough faith and everything. But this is something that God says to test him with, and that's in the area of giving. Um, so I want to encourage you to be a part of this. Now, let's say, I want to speak to to some people. Let's say, you're at a place right now where you're trying to make ends meet and you've been praying for 20 bucks or 50 bucks or something like that, you keep it, all right? We give this to you and you let us know if you need more help, all right? You keep that. But the rest of you, all right, let's, let's double it, let's triple it, let's quintuple it, whatever we can do. Pray about it. What does God want you to do with it? How does he want you to do with it? If you got any questions about this, anybody got any questions about it? Like you're just... Con- have no clue what you're supposed to do? Or is it pretty clear? Okay. All right. Well, I'm going to pray for us. Would you stand with me? Don't be afraid. Hey, listen. Don't be afraid to grab some other people in the church and do something bigger together. All right? Maybe you want to do 
something and, you know, 20 bucks isn't enough or 50 bucks or whatever your family isn't isn't enough. Grab another family or something like that and do it. Um, Let me tell you this too. If you're doing something, invite somebody from outside the church to be a part of it. Maybe, you know, uh, you can, don't invite, don't ask them to give money towards it, all right? Because, you know, all churches just want money, all right? But invite them to be a part of doing whatever you're doing. And, and, and that'd be a good way to get them to experience what church can be about, right? All right, let's pray. Father, I thank you for today. I thank you for this opportunity. Lord, I pray that you would give us all wisdom and how to invest the money that's been entrusted to us. Lord, I pray if there's people here struggling right now financially, Lord, that you would just bless them with this money. I pray that they would feel comfortable in, in seeking out help, Lord. For the rest of us, I pray that you would help us just to be good stewards of what's entrusted to us. Not just this little envelope, $10, $20, $50, Lord, but what else is entrusted to us, our paychecks, our time, our talents, our spiritual gifts, our testimony. Lord, help us to be good stewards with them. Help us to be about building the kingdom. Not our kingdom, not this church building, Lord, but your kingdom, the kingdom of God. Lord, we love you and we give you all praise. In your name we pray, amen.